God in the Sikh faith is seen as the universal creator of of everything. That God is not a Hindu, God is not Muslim, God is not of a faith. God created humanity and he's without time, he's without size, he's you know, he's omnipresent. So he always was there, he will always be there. There's not physical characteristics given to God. But then equally God within the hymns God is not said to be like somewhere you can't see. It's said God is within all of us because we're all a creation of him. So, you know, at that time, uh, it was very common in in Indian rituals to go up into the mountains and do yoga and try to find God there. Um, some people would take vows of silence. So all those practices were kind of not brought to light, but they were all, all these practices were said, they don't make sense because what you're looking for is is within you and within your neighbor. So so find who you are. So that's mm-hmm. how Sikh see God. Hey there, everybody. I'm Seth. This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. Welcome to the show. September was legitimately one of the best months of the show ever. So I realized when I uploaded every episode for October a few days ago, I was like, man, look at that. Thank you to all of you that shared the show, that are telling friends. Big special thank you to the patrons that continue to produce the show. Cannot do it without any of you. This week, wanted to do something different. So I brought on a friend of a friend of the show, Dasher Singh. And he spoke a bit about his faith. However, he does not share my faith. So Dasher is a Sikh. And I am extremely ignorant of so many other religions. It made it really hard for me to know what to ask, but I, upon editing this, really enjoyed it and I can remember distinctly and I've told a couple friends just how impressed I was at the end of the conversation and how amazing it was that really our framework for how we see the world and what we think a purpose is of having faith, it's pretty similar. Like just love people, just love people. And the rest is just, I don't know, I'm struggling to put it well into words. But it was an honor to have him come on. I learned quite a bit. I still have so, so much more to learn about so many other faiths. But I really hope that you enjoy this. Let's roll it. Dalshir Singh. Dalshar Singh. I say that right? I did it? Absolutely. Yep. I did it together. Welcome to the show. And before we get going, I would also like to just say, Bo, I'm sure you'll listen one of these days. Maybe today. See how I did that? I made it like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. The day he listens is the day he listens. So um, I'm so thankful for Bo for putting me in contact with you. I've enjoyed our, our brief chats a bit. Um, I've also enjoyed the space that you gave me because I know we were supposed to speak months ago and I fell off the face of a planet intentionally. Welcome to the show. Thank you for your patience and I'm glad you're here, man. I appreciate you, know, you setting this up and uh, and having a chance to, to talk with you. I'm going to set some context for people listening so that yep. they kind of figure out, okay, so what are we talking about? So one of the things I've always wanted to do with the show is talk to people of other faiths. Because if you believe the census data, and I do, or Pew Research, or uh, other people that do polls and researches that aren't Pew, that sort of thing, Christianity as a whole is declining. Oddly enough, the 
chart seems to match the crackdown on immigration. Uh, there's a different talk there that could be happening, but and other faiths and religions are increasing, uh, which makes sense. It, it just it is what it is, um, and you see that happen in other countries as well. And then I realized quickly, oh, I've been arrogant and prideful enough that I just expect you to know about my faith because look at me. I mean, I'm Christian, right? Yeah. This is America. And yep. that won't always be the case. And I realized, okay, I've got, I can't be this ignorant. I really need to ask some people that are willing to entertain my idiotic questions about very basic things, I'm sure, and see if I can learn something. And maybe we'll all benefit from it. So that's kind of the context there. And then Bo, yeah, had said, hey, I know a guy. You should, <laughs> you should talk to this guy. So tell us a bit about you. Like what makes, like what do you do? What makes you tick? Why do you do what you do? You know, just uh, just for context, yeah. a bit about you. Sure. Um, I uh, primarily grew up in in Pennsylvania. You know, I went to um, to high school with Bo, so that's how I I know him in uh, in Central PA, and I still reside here, just a closer to the capital, so a, a, a bigger city for me at least. I work with my family. We uh, have a, a small uh, trucking business, so um, I work alongside them. And you know, I, I don't have a lot of. Uh, of, of hobbies, but um, I certainly love in, engaging in, in dialogue whenever I can, you know, what, just kind of how you said it on things that, you know, I, I certainly don't know a lot about. Um, so I, I try to find the people that, that I think know a bit uh, better than me and uh, and try to clear up my ignorance. So I've had a lot of, uh, you know, dialogue with, with Bo. Um, he's somebody I think is, you know, excellent at um, kind of setting uh, an easy dialogue, a real informal thing, and equally engages me back. So Know, things that tick me off. I, 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 no, not tick you off, but like what makes you tick? Like, like, like for uh, me, it would be like, you know, like I like the Cowboys and you're in Pennsylvania. So yeah. I'm going to say you like the Eagles and you're wrong if that's true. You know, just some yeah. of the things that make you, you, you said you, you, you and your family own a trucking business. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. Yeah. What do um, you, what do you do? Like, so what, I, what is I, I'm home? on the, the, the finance side of it. I, um, Speaking uh, my language. Here we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the back end, kind of in the office. So we moved here in 1996. My dad had a, a gas station um, in a pretty, um, a pretty rural part of, uh, of the area um, called Port Treverton, pretty, pretty big Amish area. And I think around 2000, we moved to, uh, to Lewisburg, which is, uh, you know, uh, where I met Bo. And that's kind of where I, you know, I spent most of my youth and, mm -hmm. and uh, growing up. Uh, we lived there for even you know well past college. Um, I, I still uh, stayed down there. It's just my brother and I, um, mom and dad, and my wife, and uh, we're uh, a joint family. Yeah. We lived together. Oh, that's uh, cool. Brother's getting married next year, so uh, be adding on to the to the house. I think a little bit. So so everyone uh, lives together. Everyone's together, and and that's uh, that's because that, that's because you, you like each other, or well, it, just... it, it tests a lot of patience uh, <laughs> at times, and I, I think we've uh, we've learned to adapt to each other. Um, tried not to step on each other's toes, um, and that it's I mean that's not it's not the most common thing even even in India now, but it is you know old Indian culture was yeah. the notion of of uh, joint families and staying under one roof, and uh, the twenty first century has I think that's led people to adapt in their own ways. But um, uh, yeah. I think it helped that we were, you know, we're all in the same kind of business. So yeah. um, we, we have to see each other every day. Anyways. The reason I ask about the trucking, so my family, that's what my family does. So my dad wow. and my mom, well, my, my dad is, has passed, but yeah. my mom um, owns a small fleet. Uh, so they haul for the oil industry out in West Texas. West um, okay. okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, which is not a good time to be hauling oil yeah. because, you know, the economies are fracturing at every country and yep. planet, but whatever. Yeah, I never associate religion with jobs, but um, a, a lot of six in the U.S., um, a good chunk of them are in the trucking industry. Um, it's like 40% of... Um, 40% of like foreign drivers in the U.S. are, are of the sick background. So um, trucking is huge within our community. And um, hmm. yeah, we, we we just do local work. Um, uh, we haul a lot of bread and stuff mm -hmm. uh, in this area. So in this part of PA is, um, it's it's not a big metro area. So lots of room for growth. So yeah. um, kind of what we got into and have stuck along with it. Yeah. Well, let's 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 plant there and then dig from right, there yeah. so yeah let's yeah i heard you say trucking i was like oh i know that so sikhism so i don't know what that is like what is it how is it yep what are the things the yeah. the tenets the yep, yep. the temp I, I don't know like what no, no. what is yeah. it yeah like i was telling you, this kind of times out perfectly because i i basically gave a, a you know 20 minute intro to Sikhism uh, course this morning and i thought I'd, i i hope i did a, a thorough enough job for i'm sure guys. you nailed it um, and yeah, so Sikhism in the grand scheme of things, not an old religion, uh, started in the, uh, 14, 1400s. So I was like, in my mind, you know, growing up 14, you know, 1400s is when Columbus basically set sail, right? So it's in the big scale. It's not, it's not an old religion. It started out in uh, Northern India, a state called Punjab, mm -hmm. which is where most uh, Sikhs, you know, originate from. At that time, uh, India, South Asia in general, was really, um, was a battleground for um, Islamic empires coming in from, you know, the Middle East uh, that were trying to gain territory, you know, geographical territory to expand their empires um, into India. India at that time, and presently is a, a primarily Hindu religious, you know, majority. So Hinduism and, and Islam, not fundamentally, you know, they're uh, different. And I, and I, for the most part, I think nearly every religion at its basic tenets tells its uh, followers to, to, to do similar thing. But at that moment, it, they were, you know, fighting aggressively, doing a lot of conversions as they were taking over territory. Um, so the, the people themselves were the, the, the followers, were kind of caught in a crossfire and Sikhism kind of came out of that as an independent faith that kind of said basic tenets. It's monotheistic uh, notion that there's one universal God. There's no belief in caste or creed or um, no difference in, in sex. So at that time, and again, presently, Hinduism very much favors and, and believes in, um, in casteism. So this idea that you are born into a certain pedigree, a hierarchy, mm -hmm. and you will forever, your, your generations will remain within that. And it's God's decision that you were born into that. And until you will continue reincarnating into, you know, if you've done good deeds, you'll reincarnate into a, a different cast. But because of that, there's a lot of idea that just based on your last name, you are a worthless person, or you are a very high, well-regarded person because of your name. So that notion was seen as just a, a, a terrible kind of quality to to the founders of the founding gurus of Sikhism. Um, so that was removed. 1469 is when the religion was uh, kind of came into formation. That's the first guru, Guru Nanak Dev Ji. And then there were nine living gurus that, that followed him over a course of almost 200 years. So the gurus passed on their you know, knowledge, their divine knowledge to 
who they felt was also given that divine knowledge from from God above. The tenth guru, uh, Guru Govind, he in uh, 1669 officially established the religion. April 14th is the most um, kind of prominent day, and in, in, it's our biggest holiday for the Sikh faith. Uh, that's the day that the actual Sikh religion was established. And on that day, Guru Govind said, there's no more living gurus beyond me. The 10 gurus, um, their divine writings had been compiled over that 200-year period into what is our holy book today, 11th guru, basically, the eternal guru. And it's called Guru Granth Sahib. So when we have our service, that's yeah. what we uh, read hymns out of. Can I pause uh, you there? Yeah, I'm sure you see me keep writing down. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes. No, no, yeah. So, I would, uh, um, yeah, I would so um, question. So monotheistic? No, I'm, I'm going to come back to that because that's a much bigger question. So for gurus, does that relate? Does that correlate at all to like my faith? Like, is that like the Pope? Is that uh, is that like a pastor? Is that like like the so, Dalai Lama? Like, I know Dalai Lama yeah, is not. Yeah, see, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I what mean, is the is there a correlation at all? Right. So the ten gurus were not seen as. You know, even though they were in human form, they were seen as having received direct divine knowledge from God. So, I mean, they were really the sick equivalent for us of, you know, the son of God, say Jesus. Okay. So that's, so they are the highest figures in, in the sick faith. That's the, the, they are who we see as sent by God to, be, you know, better, better the world by giving that divine knowledge to the average human. But at the same time, you know, they preached against the idea of ritualism. And in other faiths, there's a lot of pray to um, deities and, mm -hmm. and other um, uh, other items like that. There was an idea that, you know, even though we're physically here, don't pray to us. You know, I'm like, we're not, we just have the divine knowledge that we're passing on, but we are not to be prayed to. It's the thought that we're bringing out that you should be, you know, taking in yourself and kind of bettering yourself. So that's kind of the correlation that the equivalent in the Sikh faith. Okay. And then the 11th guru, what yep. was the name of that? So that would be sure. the, like the equivalent of like the Bible or the it, Torah or the yep. Quran or the. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it was called a guru Granth and Sahib. Every guru ends in Sahib. Sahib just means. Uh, is just a, um, a word of respect and Granth means compilation, you know, so it's um, 1430 pages mm. all in poetic form. All the hymns are read out of it and it, you know, it all rhymes. So, and um, so th that's, yeah, that, that's what we um, is, is, is our equivalent of the Bible of our Holy book. Okay. I think if you ask, well, it's going to be it varied. So yeah, here we go. So in my faith, there are multiple different sects, I'm going to call. of. Yep. Uh, so we've got, you know, Catholic, Roman Catholic, um, sure. Greek Catholic, uh, Eastern Orthodox, Protestant. Uh, and then inside there, there's 37 other thousand yep. denominations. Yep. Is that the same theme in Sikhism or, or, or no? So there shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. The Sikh philosophy says all humankind is the same. You know, there's no difference between any one person to another. There shouldn't be. So it should be just a universal Sikh faith. But, and, and this kind of gets at what you're saying, the, the, um, you know, the, the uncomfortable truth that we kind of always gloss over, that cultural element of, of India, idea of casteism. India d still does have a, um, a big race issue. So the darker you are, that just means 
you do more outside labor in the right. sun. Mm-hmm. So all those things were were still prevalent in the people of the Sikh faith, you know, well beyond the tenth group. So now, yeah, presently there are there's six, and then there's within Sikhism there's like seven, eight, maybe ten different kind of um, branches of it that are constantly fighting with each other um, on on their approach to things and and their kind of takeaway. So yeah. Th- you know, I grew up knowing, or right, there's different sects within Christianity, and and I still, you know, I still don't uh, know 100% the basis for each of them. But you know, I know there's historical context, and most of them are arguments. Yeah, and so <laughs> so that's yeah, th- that's true about Sikhism. You know, uh, as much as it shouldn't be modern day Sikhs, and and in the past have veered off from from the original teachings and mm-hmm. kind of. And, 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 you know, allowed this to creep in. Yeah. So if I was to try to summarize my faith, it would be, you know, I would just quote Jesus, you know, love God, yep. love, love your neighbor. So yep. what are like the central tenets yep. of, of, of Sikhism? So there's three things that Sikhism is really based on. The, the Nam Japo, which means pray to God at all times. Whatever you do, whatever, you know, action you're taking, just remember you know, his presence and remember him. So always remain praying. Kirt karo. Kirt means honest work. Uh, karo means to do. So you as a Sikh should be earning an, uh, an honest living, doing hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final thing is Vand Chakul. Vand is your earnings, whatever you make. And um, uh, Shakul is to distribute. So hel- helping other, you know, always try to give back in whatever capacity, financial or um, you know, physical labor, however you can, you know, to, to better your neighbor and, and, and better uh, your surroundings. So, yeah. um, and I personally think a lot of face of the world are built on this idea of, you know, love thy neighbor, you know, have love for everybody, see everybody as a creation of God, as a manifestation of God. So mm-hmm. if you respect and love God, then you should respect everything of his creation. So uh, yeah, I, I, at, at the base, I think all of our faiths are very similar. Yeah. So this will be a political question, but only because it, as I relate it to what you said about the caste system. So yep. the caste system seems to be like an overtly political structure, like, like yep. a, 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 and I mean political, not as party, not like Democrat, sure, Republican, sure, sure. or I don't know what the parties are in India. Exactly. Yep, yep. Politic by group of people. Um, yep. Is Sikhism then, or see, I did it, I did it, I did the thing. Uh, is, yeah. <laughs> is Sikhism, is that, so the way that, you know, in my faith, Jesus would protest things in a way that were subversive against yep. power structures. Is that a similar thing? Like, is it an overtly or even a subliminally political faith or it, or no? Well, yeah, it was an overt, it was a, a direct, um, not maybe a challenge, but a direct call out and recognition of, you know, really the poor basis to judge somebody, you know, b- based on caste. So, you know, when it was established that Sikhism doesn't believe in caste, it really got um, a lot of Hindus and um, it, Islam doesn't have a, a caste system, but really people that were ostracized from from their communities seen as, as um, lower caste, they kind of uh, migrated over towards the Sikh philosophy because they were neglected, you know, so mm-hmm. they saw that, all right, there's some degree of um, equality here. Um, so it, it really was a, a, a slap in the face for the Hindu majority at the time that was 
uh, really controlling southern um, the southern half of India, and same the the Islamic um, kind of empires that were coming into the northern part of India that also they really at that time had no tolerance for maybe other faiths, so they were very aggressively converting. Um, even Hindus. So it was a challenge to, to, to both of those faiths. Yeah. How does that correlate then to Sikhism in like America or maybe in Britain or Australia, like, you know, where the, where the, the, the religion is, is, is growing. Yep. Uh, because at least in my faith, uh, they're addicted to power and politics. Like, so like, how does that bring itself over to Pennsylvania or Virginia yeah. or I don't know, New York or I'm- wherever? The majority of six in America, the majority of them are um, still first generation, a little bit of second generation. There's older families in 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 Canada and in California that came like in the late 1800s as as laborers. So there's a, a marginal amount that might be on third or fourth generation. So those aside, the majority of people you know, basically have come straight from India over to Canada or the U.S. or or um, England. So they've they've brought their um, mindset with them. And, you know, at the same time, they're trying to converge it with what they consider the, um, you know, American lifestyle or American mindset, but they still hold on to casteism and and these kind of um, bad notions within the faith. But then as I'm a second generation, within second generation that have been born here, and maybe because I, I didn't have as much of an exposure to a sick community growing up. I, you know, we didn't have anything in central PA. Um, maybe I'm not the norm, but I, I, I think, I think I am second generation, third generation. They're veering away from that idea of, of casteism because mm. in the U S everybody's got to work. Like, you know, you, you don't have labor working for you just because you're in a higher caste, you know, like everybody's got to work for their dollar here. So th- that is going away within um you know newer generations and, and, and same in canada and which is a great thing that's getting back to principles getting mm-hmm. back to um kind of the the, the founding um, tenets yeah do you think there's a pressure for i would assume your father as the face of sikhism for you like i gotta be like i gotta be on my game because no. for the, like, like, you know, like if I was the only Christian in where I live, like yep. I'm the only representation of my faith to my kids yep. and to my community where it's like, son of a gun, like, oh man, like, you know, like, is there any pressure at all like that? Do you feel like, you know, uh, on, on those first generation? I really don't. I, I don't think my, my dad ever took that on and saw himself as an, an ambassador or somebody that, that has to go out and, um, and explain himself. One thing that really affects a lot of not not just Sikh faith, but Asian communities, I think foreign communities in general in the US, especially first generation is and was this notion of just keep your head down, work hard, don't engage anybody in any conversation because you don't want to create any issues. We didn't have that case because I think we moved here at such a young age we in between my brother and I, and it was such a small school. So we knew everybody and maybe our personalities allowed us to, to maybe have a better dialogue with everybody. And, and, but in like place in California, like where there's a big Indian, big sick community, even those guys like first generation will still say, Hey, just work. Don't, you know, don't cause issues. So, and that, that, that is, so that's maybe that's why they don't feel like we're not, you know, we don't need to be an ambassador of the faith because 
as long as we don't get asked about it or we don't need to talk about mm-hmm. it, it, it won't cause any issues. It won't, I don't want to have to explain um, what I am, which maybe we'll come back to this, but that's also led to a lot of the issues six in America face with, with just misunderstanding yeah. um, by other people, because, you know, I, I, I think, you know, whatever effort six needed to do to, to explain themselves really wasn't being done. What do you mean misunderstandings? Let's just go there. We're there. We sure, can come yeah, back yeah, to exactly, the other yeah. questions. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the most prevalent thing you'll notice about six is, is the turban. I and mean, that's, there's mm-hmm. no you know two ways around it. I'm not going to lie. I wrote that down as a question. Yeah. <laughs> so. so I mean that it's, and the, the, the turban was brought into the faith by the gurus because in the 1500s, 1600s, 1400s, turbans were worn only by um, basically kings, uh, kings and kings and princes. So people of royalty. And again, another kind of um, subversive, uh, yeah, political yeah. kind of motive was, hey, we're we should all feel this way. So everybody wears a turban. Then second notion is, all right, if you're wearing a turban and you're standing in a thousand, you know, person, a crowd of a thousand people, or whatever you will get recognized. So you have to have that confidence in saying, all right, I want to be recognized. I want to be, um, you know, if, if I, if I'm going to, I want to represent the Sikh faith and in, in the principles. So here I am. So six, uh, once you do become baptized, um, you're not allowed to cut your hair. Uh, it's seen as a, a gift from God. Hmm. Um, so like forever, like forever. Yeah. So if you, if this happens to you, is that well, the opposite it, of a gift from God it, it, or it's just, yeah, ha- it's just life? It, it, I, I mean, this, yeah, this is the truth. It does. It, it happens. It, like I, my grandpa, like, um, uh, like towards, you know, when he was like in his sixties or even, like his hair was like, you know, he had lost most of his hair. I feel his pain. Um, so he had like, you know, like a really thin pony. T- like it was really thin <laughs> to the point, you know, it, you it didn't need to do anything with it. But so, but the idea was, Hey, if you have long hair, it's practical to not just keep it, keep it out of the way. Yeah. And so this is a tidy way of, of keeping your hair up. So I'll, I'll, so present day six problem, you know, the, the misunderstandings, this was the conversation I had this morning. Nine 11 was by far the most significant mm-hmm. um, time for sick history in the U S you know, that, that was prior to that. There wasn't really um, uh, six words, a passive member of, of American society, they weren't, nobody really discussed them because they, you know, they just work, you know, did their work and there wasn't any um, conflicts within the community. They weren't at a high political level. So it, it was just another small community, you know, within the U.S. And then 9-11 really put a spotlight on, hey, you know, these guys with the turbans, what, you know, are they from the Middle East? And so from that point till till now, really, it's been... Um, uh, a, a conscious effort by the community to better explain, Hey, this is our identity. This is who we are. And not to, uh, not to say, Hey, we're this. So the guys you're looking for are somebody else, not to push blame on anybody. So try to enlighten on, on all faiths so that it's a, it's kind of a, a twofold um, project, but th- the last maybe 10 or 15 years, I think leaders within the faith have done a much better job of, of engaging um, their local communities and mm. um, engaging on a national platform, um, uh, uh, you know, trying to get stuff out, um, maybe into, you know, show, like, I, I remember when I was in like history class, like history, uh, like our, like, or McGraw Hill, you know, those hmm. books always, 
um, you know, it would have like a two sentence description on, on Sikhism and it would say it's Out like, of 800 pages, two yeah, sentences. Yeah. And, and it would say, and it would always say like, it's, um, it, it's a, like a, not a knockoff, but it is derived from the Hindu faith or Islamic faith. And so it's just a sect of Hinduism. And when I was younger, I, you know, I certainly wasn't very engaged in, in, in faith. So, you know, it never, uh, I, I was just excited that it was in the, the book. So, you know, some people are actively working with, with um, publishers on, yeah. on getting a, a, a kind of better concise um, writing for, for, for the book. So yes, yeah, so those are the misunderstandings of these guys have something very unusual we don't know what it is. And so, and I, and I equally understand that, you know, I don't know what that is. I've never seen it. It maybe doesn't scare me, but it concerns me. So if that concern is not being met with kind of dialogue and, and, mm-hmm. and explanation, then now there's a big gray cloud of yeah. you know, misunderstanding of not knowing. If my memory is correct, and it might not be, I think the first person I'm going to say murdered after mm-hmm. 9-11, they thought he was muslim Abs- yep. but he's not correct it's like That's, california right yeah. las yep. vegas something like that yeah somewhere over there yep. yeah um i re- only i read about that recently and honestly i didn't i didn't know about that murder period sure yeah. and then when i read it i'm like oh really yeah can we just not yeah, so, uh, hate I think people? It was the, can we just september not 15th and that yeah the guy, the guy had a gas station you know mm-hmm. was working there and and the, the the guy who you know murdered him thought he was you know, Middle Eastern, like he, he didn't know. And even and, if he know, was, that doesn't make it. Yeah, okay. exactly. so, so, um, yeah. So that was at that point, like six were scrambling to say, man, how, you know, we need to start talking about our image and, um, you know, just explaining who, who we are. Yeah. So that's why that was a, a, a kind of a pivotal moment. And maybe that, that led to the chain of, of maybe some, um, mm. positive change. Yeah. yeah. In the guru. So from first guru to say fourth guru, like, is it just, step one step two step three step four or is it something where like the second guru you're like well that's different than the other one and then like the sixth guru you're like yeah that's also a little bit different yeah or or no is it just kind of consistency and you're like yeah this this jives like yep so the belief is that it was really the same not soul but the same divine knowledge you know pat being passed from from one guru to this next guru to the next guru in succession. So the knowledge was, was all the same, but you know, each guru had a different kind of message or um, maybe not a message, but a different concept that they established during their guruship up until the fifth guru. um, The gurus were teaching um, kind of the idea of, of, community, we still have a concept called langar, which is a community kitchen. So it doesn't matter what caster or creed or whatever, we all sit on the floor and you eat a community meal together and it's prepared by those same, you know, members of the community, you know, and everybody sits down. So they're all equal. So the sixth guru, he introduced a martial art into the faith. And he introduced this idea that you should be a saint and a soldier. Mm. So soldier in the sense that you should be able to defend yourself uh, against oppression. You should defend others that are being oppressed, whether that's vocally, whether that's politically, whether you know, you're know you physically defending them. So Sikhism has five articles of faith. There's a bracelet that we, um, a steel bangle that we wear. That's an idea that God is infinite. There's no starting, no end. It's supposed to remind, you know, every time you see it, uh, if you're doing a bad deed, it's a reminder, hey, you know, don't do something bad. But one of the ones that really gets, um, question a lot, even, you know, especially now is once you become baptized, you're supposed to wear a dagger on you. 
Um, at all times? At all times. Huh. The dagger nowadays is like a four inch dull blade. I mean, it is symbolic more, you know, than, than actual dice. It's, uh, it's a butter knife. So, um, but the, 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 what it's symbolizing is this idea of um, you constantly being ready to defend in, in the time of need. And you know, some people wear a four inch one. Some people wear, I've seen really small, like one inch ones that they wear as a necklace. And, and so, you know, they're symbolic now, but during, you know, the time of the sixth guru and, and at the, they were, you know, battling these massive empires you know, like having actual battles, mm. crusade, you know, essentially there were Islamic crusades. And so there were big battles. And so th- at that time, it was a practical idea to, to be able to defend yourself. Tenth guru that ultimately established the the faith, he also had uh, this kind of notion of, of always being ready to you know defend whenever you need to. So one through five was, I wouldn't say passive, but, you know, it was more on humanity basis and, and how to, with love, kind of help your neighbor. And then maybe six and six, seven and, and 10 were more about how do you physically defend in a time of need. So yeah, uh, yeah, th- yeah, there was some, some of that discrepancy. Yeah. You've referenced baptism into the faith many times. So a couple of times. So what, yep. what does that look like? Like how is that yeah. different from what I would call baptism? Sure. So uh, w- w- say like what I know about Christian baptism and it might be different in, in different sects, you know, as I understand it, you know, when a child's born, I've seen the process of, of a, a child's baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and, one way. And yeah. Yep. That's what we sure. That's not, uh, that's not our way, but that's okay, one way. Yeah. yeah. So in Sikhism, you don't get baptized at birth or at a certain age or something. It's when you are comfortable to make that commitment of once you're baptized, you can't drink alcohol. You can't, hmm. um, you can't eat meat. You have to become a, a vegetarian. Um, you can't smoke. You can't cut your hair. So, so th- th- those are the big restrictions that, you know, as a, just a normal person, you have to really commit yourself saying, all right, I'm ready for this because I want to, you know, really take on my faith and, and wear it on my shoulder. And then, you know, I've seen people that get baptized when they're in their eighties and they've lived their life and now they, they found their spiritual enlightenment. And so before baptism, you can do all those other things before baptism. You could do whatever you want. You can. Yeah. And, and, and it's not again. It's the it's the opposite the, of Rumspringa. I, I don't know if you're familiar. The, with yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, opposite though. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. So, and and those those vices are just like in any faith. I mean, you know, faiths guide you into staying away from vices, and and ultimately, though, you know, anything in overabundance is is bad for you. Yeah. So, and it's you know, abstaining from alcohol or abstaining from meat. It's maybe more of a a, a, a mental burden than than a physical, you know, than what it's meant. So it's meant to just make, check your uh, yeah. yeah your mental strength and yeah. your dedication to faith. So is there like an event? So like so. I said our faith. What I meant is mine. So like yeah. the the tradition of Christianity that I grew up in is baptism is more of a I fully understand what I'm saying I believe in yep. and I understand that I'll be looked at as different because hopefully yep. I'm acting and yep. as a follower of the way and that is a decision that I'm making. Like yeah. I've talked about it with my parents, my pastor, we prayed about it. Like I feel good that I can believe this. At least that's 
in my tradition. Yep. That's what it is. There are some though that are sprinkled at birth or immersed at birth or yeah. it's all different. Um, that's more of a, a view on um, you have to be baptized to go to heaven. And sure, yeah. that, but that's entirely, it's a different purpose than the reason that people like my, only my son has been baptized and my wife and I, my daughters, okay. they've discussed it, but there's not a, like when I talk with them, they're, yeah. We're not there. She's not there and she may never get there and she may get there tomorrow. I don't, it's up to her. Like, this is not a me it, thing. This is, a, this is a her thing. Is I there mean, an that, event like that for, for, yeah. for, for sickism where you're like, yeah, we're doing water or is it just a proclamation of I'm coming before my family and here's what I'm doing? Like, how does, what does that look like? Yeah. So when, when you have made that decision and, and similarly, you know, you first and foremost, you are comfortable with it yourself and you've discussed it with others and you're ready to make that commitment then there's a baptism ceremony that takes place. And whether you're the only person getting baptized in your congregation or um, there are certain times, like a- April 14th is, is, our, um, is the day that faith was founded. So that's the biggest um, religious holiday in, 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 in Sikhism. So it's not uncommon for that day that people that have been thinking about it all year, you know, there might be hundred people that decide to get baptized in bigger congregations on that day. So it's the actual ceremony is five members that have already been baptized. They will prepare a, like a sweet water, you know, it's just water and sugar. And then you essentially, you know, you take a, a sip of that. And you know, so the ceremony is, is, is simple, but this idea that you will be seen differently because you have to let your hair grow out. So, you know, you were clean shaven before or, or you know, I, you know, I trimmed my beard. You That's fine will, to trim the beard. That doesn't count so as cutting hair. Not once you're baptized. Yeah. Not once you're baptized, but I, I'm, so I'm not baptized. Okay. Um, yeah. So you will be wearing a turban. So you'll stand out and, you know, you'll have to abstain from stuff. So, and I don't know if the, 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 this is true in, in your faith, um, but it's it's really considered not that you're ostracized, but it is a, a seen as a really negative thing that if tomorrow you break your baptism, mm-hmm. um, I mean, and people do. I mean, I had an aunt that like that got baptized at a, a, a young age and then moved to England and and much later, you know, broke her baptism. And yeah, it's it's weird. So it depends on so from because because you'd ask so in ours so if let me put it this way if if my wife and I transferred to a different church, so say we moved to. I don't know, Alaska. Why not? Yeah. The other side yeah. of the continent. I would just be able to transfer my membership. And most of the time, I don't know what level checking there are that you're a baptized believer in the faith. Though that is a word, at least in our Baptist church, that that's what they say. But it's not like I would never have to discuss that with anyone else. Like no one okay. would know that I was baptized. And like for okay. other versions of, of my faith, I don't know what that looks like exactly, but it's never been a thing that people are like, oh, we know that he's baptized or, oh, we know that she, like, it's not, it mm, doesn't really get brought up. It, it's an event okay. that happens. And then it, yep. at least not for me, it's not something yeah. that's really discussed except for the day that it happens. I mean, in Sikhism, once you are baptized, obviously it's just a lot of external physical features that you'll, you'll notice, you know, some people wear their dagger on um like a, 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 a strap that goes across and they'll wear it on the outside of their clothes because they really want, you know, people don't know they're baptized. Others will wear it tucked inside their shirt. So it's because it's more personal to them. So um, mm. you can tell when somebody is baptized and, and when somebody's not because of some of these uh, distinguishing features. But yeah, if you kind of walk back on it, um, it's seen as, you know, maybe a weakness or, or um, you know, something 
you should not have done. I've seen parents baptize their kids when they were born or baptize their kids when they were super young. Those, those are the usually Seems like the a lot of pressure to put on a kid. So that, and that's all, especially in, in, in Western countries, when you have no idea why your hair's long and why you wear a turban and you're entering, you know, yeah. fourth, fifth grade. And at some point you're going to get asked, Hey, why What's do you the look deal? like that? Yeah. And so, and, and yeah. And so those are the kids that become most disconnected with, with mm. the faith. Um, and ultimately, you know, at maybe at some point, uh, much later down the, their life, they um, reconnect. But it's a lot of pressure for those kids. Um, but for those parents, it's like a, you know, maybe self-satisfaction that, hey, I baptized my kid. And, and I think that's true in any faith is yeah. you have to have a lot of simple dialogue at, at, and appropriate dialogue at a, a younger age. And then, you know, build on that as as you grow and you know, have more, um, you know, your topics of discussion are probably going to vary when you're in your teens versus. So yeah, um, yeah that's, that, that, that's certainly uh, prevalent uh, within in the Western. So the hashtags that are popular or the, the conversation are popular. I'm sure there are words that you've seen is I'm a deconstructing Christian or I've deconstructed my faith or I'm an ex evangelical, or maybe you haven't seen those, but they're extremely. Sure. And, yeah. and like, I apologize if I'm blanking on it, but a, a, a reborn, like a reborn, reborn Christian. Uh, yeah, well, born again, uh, is that what born. you mean is born again? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that is more, some, so I think some people maybe use it that way. I think most people, what they mean is I lived so crazy yeah. in my past, and now I'm a born again Christian. Like I, I got it should okay, be now, like, I turn chat, I turn chapters. Okay, uh, though I okay. guess you could be like, people do rededicate their faith almost like a, like a, like a, I, I know I did a thing. I was a minute when I did it. Yep. And then I didn't do very good. And now I'm back on the straight and narrow, okay. uh, which okay. is another straight and narrow. It's a crappy word to say. Yep. But is there a, a large uh, in your faith where people are like, yeah, I've got to, I've got to rip all of this apart. Like where, where people are just sitting there, you know, they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and they're like, God, man, I don't know. And you just got to rip everything apart and put it back together. Or is that not as much of an issue? Well, th- that's happening a lot presently. Mm. especially in um, outside of India, maybe a little bit even in, in India, but kids that like the, the, these first generation kids that grew up in, in a, a, a sick household and, you know, basically grew up with a lot of rituals, even though there shouldn't be rituals in sickism, it's, it's still a part of it. So mm-hmm. they had no idea why they were doing certain things. And so now they're in their twenties, thirties, forties, and they are online platforms where people like, you know, will deconstruct kind of religious practices and say, like, what's the point? Like, why do we do this? And, you know, is, are we veering away from, you know, the, the, the purpose of, of faith? Are we veering away from uh, the, the purpose of whatever this ritual, you know, ritual or practice is? Are we just doing it for the sake of doing it? So th- that dialogue does take place a lot more now. I'll say like, say my parents' generation, that were in India, that would have never taken place because mm. it was, you just do and you don't ask. And they did, you know, they just did, they passively practiced the faith because the, like yeah. it was, it's cultural and religious. So, uh, but yeah, now as you know, people have understood this idea of, Hey, I can ask questions. And uh, th- that's certainly. Uh, Is uh, that embraced? Cause I've found, and that's part of the offshoot of this show is sometimes that's embraced and other people are like, shh, we don't talk. We don't, talk, we don't talk Absolutely. about that. Yeah. It is um, embraced or it's not? In certain um, pockets of 
of maybe congregation that is not more educated, but just more just open to understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and there are congregations like that. And, and I'm sure that's there's congregations, um, even in Christianity, yeah. that are, you know, more orthodox versus, um, you know, not liberal, but just uh, have a sure. more global sure. kind of or Yeah. The ones that are married to dogma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So w- where I grew up in, in, in Lewisburg, there was no other sick family except one. This guy uh, moved here in the 70s and he was a professor at Bucknell. He was an economics professor. Um, so when we met him, you know, he was like, we were in middle school and, and he was in his 60s, 70s, a, a much older guy, but was a, a scholar in, in the Sikh faith, uh, wrote a, a ton of um, uh, literature and a brilliant guy, but had such a practical approach to Sikh religion. And so like, you know, we'd go over and, and he had this, um, he had the Guru Granth Sahib in his house. That's a, a lot of people, Bible, you know, you, a lot of people I imagine have a, a, a Bible, a, a, some edition of it in their home. In the Sikh faith, most people don't have the Guru Granth Sahib at their house because every morning you're supposed to read out of it. So you have to open it up and, 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 but because it's, it's the eternal guru. You can't just like leave it on a bookshelf. So it has to have a, you know, you have to keep it in a, um, a respectful manner. And then you have to, you're supposed to open it up to a random page and read that hymn. And so that's supposed to be, you know, God's message to you that day. So it, it requires work like you. And then every night before you go to sleep, you're supposed to kind of close it up and do your evening prayers. And a lot of people are scared to, to, because they don't, they think they're making mistakes so a lot of people don't read out of the Guru Granth Sahib. Like they don't read out of it. They just go to church on Sundays and have the priest read out of it. So um, is there no like <laughs> Bible app or Guru Granth app? Yeah, there, yep. There's a lot. Of, there's a ton of apps now that are people that use them, that engage with them, love them because yeah, they, they translate into English. First of all, um, they give um, they give phonetic pronunciation of the word. So in English. So even if you don't, um, if you can't read the language it's in, um, you can read it phonetically and, and pronounce it. So there are apps and 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 people use that. But th- th- this guy would like, he would like open it up and like like when he would open it to a random page, like he would, like because his fingers were wrinkled, he like lick his fingers and like open it up because mm-hmm. he he was like, this is my like religion should be a friend like God is a friend of yours. And so he would like read it and then he translated into English for us. Like great. So my upbringing with with the Sikh faith was really molded by him. So I, I had a much more like open approach mm-hmm. and kind of try to understand reasoning and logic behind what we do. But then out in California, there's huge, con- there's huge temples like that bring in, you know, millions and millions of dollars a year because they have huge, you know, congregations. Yeah. Um, those guys, unfortunately, they, they don't want questioning of anything. Like they have a system in place. It's a business. Is that what you're saying? Business. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. And, and it is, and that's that's true in every faith, I imagine. But yeah. there's um, definitely a business, I think, to every church. They, they they pay people, there's a building, there's a mortgage, there's an electric bill, there's yep, a water yep. bill. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What does church look like for you? So yep. like you go okay. to the temple, like yep. like and 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 more the question I've had in my head for a few days is if I showed up to worship at a sick service, yeah, I don't know if service is the right word. Like, would I know what is happening? Like, as a bystander, would I stand there at the back and be like, yeah, I, I see what's happening here? Or yeah. would it be like, I don't know 
what these people are doing. Because to be honest, I've been to some Christian churches where I'm like, I have no idea what these people are doing <laughs> either. Um, uh, so yeah, so so Sikh Gurdwara Gurdwara means guru means you know enlightened uh, somebody that has the you know enlightened message of God. So that's a guru, and Dwar means door. So it's the you know the door into getting this enlightenment. And most Gurdwaras have they're supposed to have four doors. Um, you know, one on each side of the building. So this is the, okay, the building. Okay. Yeah, the building, and and that's just so you're calling the building the guru. We're calling it the door into where the guru lives. Okay. So and the guru it, is is the book. The, the guru is the is the is the is the, okay, the, is the, the holy you. book. Okay. Um, and so it's supposed to have four doors. The idea being that it's open to anybody of any faith, of any creed, of of, of any you know sex doesn't matter. Um, everybody's in. And so what you would see, um, Gurdwaras in the U.S. will have a area that will be where the community kitchen is, where the meal is prepped in the morning. It's once service is over, everybody sits down and kids will volunteer to, to, to pour food out. Everybody partakes in it. And smaller churches like our, 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 um, our Gurdwara, it's services just on Sundays just because of the, the limitations of the congregation. So it'll be for, you know, five, six hours uh, in bigger Gurdwaras, uh, it's 24 seven. So there's volunteers there 24 seven. So part of the service is feeding people is feeding people okay. is, is feeding anybody. And that's more towards the, the, the end of service. The actual service is the Guru Granth Sahib is it's supposed to be elevated above everybody. Everybody sits on the floor. Doesn't matter what's you know, men and women sit wherever they want. And so the the Guru Granth Sahib is in the middle, the back middle of of the room, right? Um, and it's kept on a podium or a, 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 an elevated base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the priest sits right behind the Guru Granth Sahib. And it's opened up, and he's reading out of it for some portion of it, some portion of the service. And really, that what he's reading out is when he opens it up to a random page. And he'll read out, you know, whatever the hymn of the day is. And then a majority of the service is singing of hymns. So there will be one, two, it's usually two. uh, There's instruments that are used in a lot of classical Indian music. It's a harmonium, which is basically like a Mm -hmm. um, piano with based on air. And then um, uh, a, a set of drums. So these, uh, they're priests, but they're more, uh, they're trained in, in music. So they'll read for, they'll read hymns, sing hymns for probably an hour or two. So a typical service lasts from about 9 a.m. to maybe 1 p.m. is the duration of the service itself. And 1 p.m. onwards is, is this meal. Um, so if you, if you walked in and, and, and I, you know, I actively try to bring in people of any faith into at least our Gurdwara and I'll, you know, give them a, a guided tour. Some Gurdwaras are, are great about this that have kind of adapted to, you know, engaging their neighbors and community. So they'll have um, an English translation everywhere. So like one thing, it, everybody has to cover their head at all times. So whether you cut your hair or you, if you have a turban or your hair's covered, great. I would say maybe in the U S 60% of, of six don't have a turban because they, you know, they cut, they, they've assimilated in, in however they felt comfortable. So they've cut their hair. Is that okay? It's okay because they haven't committed to baptism yet. So sick ideology, sick philosophy says you're not made a sick by your turban. You're not made a sick by having a long beard or you're not really made a sick by saying I'm baptized. Like 
sick, the word itself means student. So you're an mm. ever evolving student. You're constantly learning. So, and, but then culturally and politically, people are saying it's not good. Like you're veering away from your identity. Um, but you know, regardless, yeah, a lot of guys, you know, so, so there'll be handkerchiefs or something to, to cover your head. doesn't um, matter. Like it, like a ball cap would be fine or disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, just the idea. Yeah, the idea that your head is covered. Everybody sits on the floor. A lot of gurdwaras now have you know put seating in the back for for elderly or somebody that can't physically sit down. And then there's certain gurdwaras like their committees that you know the the the, the committee that runs the gurdwara. They'll say no, you know, stick faith was never meant to have people sitting, so everybody has to sit down. So, but yeah, a lot of a lot of gurdwaras have adapted and put um, signs in English everywhere of hey, when you walk in take everybody has to take their shoes off and it makes sense why these things were brought in initially is all right everybody's sitting on the floor and you know, if you're shoot you don't want to make that area the the congregation hall dirty because you know everybody's sitting there so you take your shoes off you cover your head and then a lot of um a lot of gurdwaras now have put up um like tvs or projectors on the back wall somewhere that when hymns are even being read they're being translated into English right away because a lot of kids born here don't speak the language. What is the language? Punjabi. Punjab is the state that Sikhism originated in. So Punjabi is the language. Actually, but then the Guru Granth Sahib is composed of like five different languages, you know, languages that were prevalent at that time. Like San Sanskrit is one of the oldest languages in the world. Um, a lot of Hindu, um, um, their, their books of faith, um, are written in this language. Nobody speaks it today. And it's like, you know, like Latin. So, mm -hmm. uh, so even people that were born in Punjab that speak the language, they don't maybe understand some of the terminology within the group runs up. So um, because that they'll have translations. So yeah, like, you know, if, if you walked in for the most part, I think, yeah, you would, you would recognize, um, you know, what's taking place. And um, hopefully the Gurdwara has some, you know, guidance of, of where to sit and what to do. Um, do you feel like six would be also equally like, yeah, I can see what's happening if they came to like a Christian church or a I Catholic think, church? No. I mean, I, I really do because I'm, I, I've had an opportunity to, um, when I was younger, my, my best friend, his dad was a pastor. So, um, in Seelsville, so I, I went to two services with him maybe because I, I mean, maybe I understood English. So like, you know, I, I kind of just went with everybody, but, but you know, I, I, I've seen services singing of, of, of hymns takes place and, mm. you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the preacher will, um, uh, you know, give a sermon. So, yeah, I, I, I think six would for the most part understand, Hey, this is what's, what's going on. Yeah. Um, I want to ask some practical, I guess, dogmatic questions. Yeah. Um, so you talked about monotheistic religion. Um, yep. So does, does God have attributes, a name, personality characteristics that are yep. consistent doesn't matter and then so is there an afterlife is there an hell is there a heaven i don't really care what words you yeah, give that yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. all of the existential questions that people are like yep. oh these matter yeah 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 that i've glossed so, over for an hour <laughs> so. so yeah yeah so god in the sick faith is seen as the universal creator of of everything that God is not a Hindu. God is not Muslim. God is not of a faith. God created humanity and he's without time. He's without size. He's, you know, he's omnipresent. So he 
always was there. He will always be there. You know, there's not physical characteristics given to God, but then equally God within the hymns, God is not said to be like somewhere you can't see. It's said God is within all of us because we're all a creation of him. So, you know, at that time, uh, it was very common in, in Indian rituals to go up into the mountains and do yoga and try to find God there. Um, some people would take vows of silence. So all those practices were kind of not brought to light, but they were all, all these practices were said, they don't make sense because what you're looking for is is within you and within your neighbor. So, so find who you are. So that's mm-hmm. how Sikhs see God. Okay. The idea of afterlife. So um, afterlife in a lot of, uh, in Hinduism and in a lot of faiths is, Uh, reincarnation that you in the Hindu faith, you will be born into every uh, form of life that exists based on your deeds. So um, the human life is seen as the most supreme form of life. And then, you know, if you did bad deeds, you'll turn into an an ant or something, you know, like as you're born again, Sixthism doesn't believe in reincarnation. You know, it's seen there is an afterlife, but your afterlife is, entirely dependent on the deeds that you, you know, the good deeds, selfless deeds that you did in your time, uh, you know, on earth, in your life. So, and it's not seen as, well, you, did you become baptized? Did you, you know, the, the, there's not a list of deeds, but it's just kind of selfless work that you did um, will judge this idea of heaven or hell. So there is heaven and hell within Sikhism, but that determination is made, you know, once you've passed into the next life and there will be some sort of system of, of checks and balances to see what you did and that will determine kind of where you head. And the system that grades those would be set up by God, by the by gurus, God. by the... By, by God and, and the idea that God knows all of your actions. So, you know, you had a yeah. time to, to, to commit good deeds. So when it's time to calculate that, you know, what did you do? more good than you did bad. And then the place that you're going to, so is it still with God or in the afterlife? Is God still separate? So no, afterlife in Sikhism is seen as merging with God. Okay. So you're merging within God versus hell is really not very well defined in Sikhism. You know, because I, I mean, growing up, my notion of hell was, you know, what I had seen, like just a fiery hell, right? Yeah, you that's, were lied to. That's what I grew up with, like that, you know, that was my exposure on TV and, yeah. uh, and whatnot. We so, were both lied uh, to. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I think hell is probably more of a, um, you're um, kind of s- stuck in this. I really don't know that. Yeah. And that's something, you know, I, I, I need to research more, but that's yeah. a fine answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I know what, yeah. I, I know if your deeds are, are, are better than your, um, uh, your net is, is good. Then you've, you merge within um, God himself or, you know, God as an entity. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one final question. Um, yeah. And I've, I don't know if you've listened to any of the show this year, but I've asked this to everyone um, okay. specifically because I wanted to talk to people with other faiths yeah. and I wanted to just see what happened. So not necessarily what your faith says about God, but you, for you. So I don't know if yep. you have any kids. You didn't mention kids either. So no, no, no. no kids yet. Yeah. Yep. So say my kid asks you, yeah. hey, Dalsher, so when you say God, what do you mean? Like if you were going to try to wrap words around that, what is that? 
what is what do I see as God? Yeah, like if, yeah, like yeah. I, yeah, which every day I think my answer changes slightly. Like of a, yeah. you know. So what would you say to that? What I see as God is, I do believe it's internal. You know that that God is not something that I'm trying to locate in some obscure place. God is the notion, and God is the force which guides us to kind of live the purest life, live um, a life of truth, live a life of love. I saw it on one of your posts that religion is love. And so I I think God is those things. God is love. God is truly looking at somebody and not having any bias and having um, a, a genuine love for them as you do for yourself, as you do for people that you are closest to you that mean the most. So, and so 99.9% of people don't exhibit those qualities. I mean, I don't exhibit those qualities. So God is that. And that's what faith, I think, teaches you what you strive towards is not becoming God, but trying to find those qualities with you because they are within us. I, If I think God is within me, then those qualities are within me that are buried under a lot of vices or, or, you know, human weakness, you know, internal weakness that we have. So I think when you say God is love, God is pure, God is truth. That's what I, that's what I think it is. And it's, um, it's until we can genuinely, you know, practice that until then we're students, we're trying to, you know, figure out, um, the best form of ourselves. Mm. Thank you for that so much and, yeah. and for your time this evening. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for saying yes. Hopefully this wasn't awkward. And This um, was great. This is, yeah. this is dialogue that everybody should practice. And um, so I appreciate you lead, you know, guiding it and kind of um, helping me out here. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I appreciate thanks, you giving me the opportunity. Thank you. I want to encourage you to dig into faiths that are not yours. I've spent a considerable amount of time this year reading Hebrew and Muslim texts, and it is not making my God any smaller. I'm finding a lot of truths in those traditions that I did not know were there prior, and it's making Christ so, so much bigger. I encourage you to dig into that if you have the time. Maybe find someone, a friend, a friend of a friend and sit down and have some coffee with six to ten feet away from each other but sit down and have some coffee with and just talk about God in a way that is not interested in proselytizing it's been eye-opening for me huge thank you again to Salt of the Sound for their music this week I hope and I pray that you know how beloved you are we will talk soon